following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. I feel like the Holy Ghost has really put a word in my heart and my spirit this morning. And uh, we're moving. We're in a significant season. And by the way, uh, uh, Wednesday at noon, we'll be doing a live prayer meeting uh, right here from this platform. So please join us this Wednesday at noon. We're going to be praying for the reopening of government, reopening of business, the reopening of the economy, the reopening in Alabama, especially, and for our all in Alabama, reopening of the United States of America, and so the world, the global economy. And so join us. We believe it's very important that we pray that it, that it goes according to God's wisdom, God's grace, God's goodness, God's protection. And so we want you to join us, if you will, Wednesday at noon for our online prayer meeting. It should be a very powerful time. won't be long, but maybe you could take your lunch hour. We're considering fasting each Wednesday for lunch as we do that according to Isaiah 58 and just believe God that he is going to order the steps of business, government, education as we, as we reopen. Now, as a church, we're not reopening because we've not closed. We've been open, we've been open ministering, of course, online, but we will invite you back on campus May 31st, Pentecost Sunday. We'll be releasing all the details to you how we're going to do that, and so we're excited to get together, back together once again to worship God, hear His Word, and continue to believe for freedom and transformation and the message to go out around the world. But today, I just want to take just a moment and share a word with you as we're moving toward Pentecost. We've passed through Passover, we've crossed over, we're headed to Pentecost now, Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit came down on the book of Acts and gave God's people, God's disciple, great power to be witnesses. We believe God is about to give us a fresh Pentecost. We believe the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting? They were locked in an upper room. They were held in place. They were sheltered in place, as Dr. David Jeremiah said. I believe the church, yes, we have been sheltered in place, but even while being sheltered in place, the church has been growing. The church has been expanding. The church has been being empowered. And I believe we're about to come out of being sheltered in place with a fresh wind, a fresh power of the Holy Spirit being poured out. Now, in the midst of this, I was praying a few days ago, and I had a vision of the Lord. And I saw the Lord Jesus standing in heaven at a power box, and he had his hand on a lever. And and, and as you would see, he's about to turn the power on. And so uh, I got my own amen Jeremy right here. So there I got my Jeremy. Look there, I got my crowd here. Can can I I hear amen? All right, I like it. Thank you, Jake. Shout there every now and then. Preach it, preach it. And I saw the Lord with a lever, and he was about to pull, and he said, I'm ready to turn my power on. And I said, Lord, that's awesome. And he gave me a scripture, Luke 24, 49. Here's what the message translation says. What comes next is very important. I am sending what my father has promised to you, so stay there in the city until he arrives, until you're equipped with power from on high. God is about to pour out power from on high in this season. By the way, can I remind us, we are a spirit-filled church. And we are spirit-filled people. And so we're not just built on philosophy. We're not just built on program. We're not just built on man-made things. We're not just built on even words. But we're built on the concept that God's 
power is filling us and continues to fill us to perform his good will in the earth. So somebody just shout where you are. Say, I'm filled with the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Now, I believe there's a fresh empowering coming. So when I, I got this word from the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm excited about that. And the Lord said, I'm going to raise up messengers of power. And I said, Lord, who qualifies to be a messenger? He said, those whose life has been a mess. Now, I don't know about you, but that encourages me because I can make a real mess of my life at times. And the Lord said, those that are going to walk in my power are those who realize without me, their life is just going to continue to be a mess. But I'm going to take some people's mess during this season, and I'm going to turn it into a message. I believe God's about to step into this chaos, and our economic world's a mess. Our, our fear in this whole health issue's a mess. There's a mess everywhere around us, but God's about to step in with his power in a new way by the Holy Spirit and our mess is going to become a message and we are going to be messengers of God's power. I said, Lord, who do you give this power to? And the Lord, just like this, said, read Isaiah 40, 29. See, all, most of my life, I thought God gave his power to the prayerful. That God gave his power to the consecrated. That God gives his power to those who are getting it all right and are keeping everything, all the rules, and are, and are, and are got their lives in order. But God blew my mind the last few days. Here's what the Lord told me. He said, Ken, I don't give my power to the strong. I give my power to the weak. Look at Isaiah 40, 29. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. And the Lord said, my, the strong don't need my power. The weak need my power. And I thought, thank you, Lord, I qualify you qualify because all of us have weaknesses in our life. Romans 8, 26 says the Holy Spirit has been sent to help us in our weaknesses. And so I want to encourage somebody today watching. It's not the strong who get anointed. It's not those who are confident who get the anointing. It's the weak. It's those who realize we are totally dependent upon God's goodness and God's grace that he's about to light up by the power of the Holy Spirit in this season, and he's going to move us forward in a powerful, powerful way. Power for what? I feel like the Holy Spirit laid this out for me. Number one, power over sin. Romans 6, 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you're under grace. Now, I know there's people watching me today because you're like me. There's areas of my life that I'm still weak in. There's areas of my life I still want to get better in. And if you're like me, what happens is we start focusing so much on what we're trying to get better at that we forget what we're actually good at. And we focus so much on sin. What is sin? Sin just simply missing the mark. Whatever you know what it is, I know what mine is. It's whatever keeps nagging us and keeping us from walking or stepping into our full potential. That's what the sin is. And so when we begin to realize this, it says sin shall not have dominion over you. Most of us spend most of our life fighting sin instead of just allowing God's power to come fill our lives and deal with it. I'll never forget, I was in Ireland, of all places, and I met a, a gentleman there, and he was a brand new believer. He had never been to church before. He met Jesus supernaturally uh, through a friend that introduced him to the Lord. He got radically saved, never been to church, had no religion. That's a blessing. And he said, he, he, we were walking, and he was telling me his story. He said, Ken, he said, 
the Lord Jesus had just become so real to me, and uh, I met him supernaturally, and he said, once I met the Lord, I realized there were some things in my life that weren't pleasing to the Lord and not beneficial to me, but I felt like I had no power to deal with it. He said, one of my main struggles was pornography. And he said, when I, I watched it for years before, before I got, got born again, before I met Jesus, and when I, after I met Jesus, I felt like it was something that needed to leave my life, but I had no power, and I fought it, and I fought it, and I just couldn't resist it. Until one day, he said, I was sitting in my bedroom watching pornography, and all of a sudden, I said, Lord Jesus, would you help me with this? And he said, Kent, the presence of God filled my room. And he said, I looked to the right where I felt like the presence of God had filled my room. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Expecting a condemning voice, expecting a, a harsh rebuke. The Lord said, watch it again. He said, I thought that was a bizarre comment to watch pornography again. So he said, I turned back to watch it again. And when I did, there was no desire in my heart to watch it. The desire had been completely taken away. What's that called? That's power. That's the grace of God. And I believe so many of us are not walking in it because we believe it's only given to you once you get it right. Let me tell you, you ain't going to get it right till you get the power working in you. Then you will get it right. We all want to get it right. I'm not talking about a grace that just allows us to continue in sin. I'm talking about a grace that delivers us from sin and gives us the power that it doesn't have dominion over us anymore. So holler at somebody six feet away for him. I got power over sin in Jesus' name. Number two, and quickly. Power over the enemy. Look at Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Power over Satan, power over the enemy. We've got a real enemy. We've got a real adversary that we're fighting. But let me go ahead and tell you, you better realize this. You don't have the strength or power to defeat him in your life. I don't have the strength and power to defeat him in my life. And God doesn't give the strength and power to the courageous in the bowl. He gives it to the weak. I'll never forget when I first started encountering demon power. I'd just become a pastor and just started my ministry. And uh, I had my first counseling appointment, and a guy came to see me, and I asked him what his problem was. He said it was lust. So I took my little ministerial handbook off the shelf and opened up to the L section, read him all the scriptures on lust. And I said, step next door. I want to pray for you. I got him in a room. First mistake was I closed my eyes. I closed my eyes, prayed for him. All of a sudden, I heard a loud growl. I'd never seen a demon spirit before. I heard a loud growl. You talking about being being frightened. You go into a room with a man, lay your hands on him, close your eyes, and let him growl at you. With a demon coming at him, I'm going to tell you, you'll be afraid too. Man, I looked at that guy. He was growling at me, backed up like this with his hands, snarling at me. I didn't know what to do, so I form tackled him right there in the room. It was a Royal Ranger room. Flags fell over top of us and everything. It was one of those Cub Scout type rooms. I, I got away from him, ran out, locked him in there, went to, ran to the next office, got somebody, said, man, call the police. I don't know. Well, there's something crazy going on. I had never seen, I was scared to death. And so finally, a pastor there on staff came and took me back in the room and showed me how to minister deliverance to him. But what happened was I realized how weak I was against that power. 
And so when I realized my weakness against it, all of a sudden God filled me with his grace and filled me with his power. And now since then, I've probably cast out thousands of demons. Why? Because I realize it's not the strong who get the power, it's the weak who get his power. So if you're afraid of the enemy, the enemy's been tormenting you and the enemy's been beating you up, I got good news. You are positioned in this season for a fresh wind of the Holy Ghost to come upon your life. For behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall harm you. Today, after I get through preaching, I want some of you to stand up in your house and open the windows and doors and just command the enemy, get out of my house, get out of my life, get out of my family, for God has given me power over all the power of the enemy. Look at somebody six feet away and shout, I got the power. Amen. Lord, have mercy. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Power over sickness and disease. Look at Luke 9, 1 through 2. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power. Somebody shout power. And authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now listen, we got to get this one because this isn't the last virus coming our way. This isn't the last pan- pan- pandemic that's going to come on the earth. We, go, we as a church, we've got to realize that we're powerless against these things unless we get power from on high. And I really believe in this season, God is going to give us from, not power from the earth. Get this right, power from on high. And God's going to give it, why? God's above these things. That's why we got the power that's coming from on God's above sin. God's above the enemy. God's above sickness and disease. And so we're going to have to get a hold of this power. Philosophy's not going to fix it. Programs are not going to fix it. Church as usual is not going to fix it. Standard old religion's not going to fix it. We can't keep hiding behind the bush from the virus. Sooner or later, we've got to get power from on high. Yes, with wisdom, but understand the God we serve heals sickness and disease. And we're going to have to walk in this power in the days ahead. I'm telling you, there's a fresh wind coming on us as we come out of this shelter in place and there's going to be a power made available to us. I met this pastor in North Carolina. He was a great man of God, preached for 40 years, saw hundreds of souls saved there in his church. He said, Ken, I can't explain it to you. He said, other than I got a heart disease and and took medication for it and the medication ruined my liver. And so he said, I've been preaching for 40 years, started feeling bad, went to the doctor. They said, your liver looks like the uh, bottom of a shoe, basically. The medications ruined your liver. You're going to have to have a liver transplant or you're going to die. He didn't qualify for the transplant, so the doctor said, you're going to die. I love this man of God and his faith because he said, you know, Ken, I preached the gospel for 40 years. I love Jesus. And here's a scripture I thought of, if to live is Christ, then to die is gain. So he said, I'm just ready to go. I'm ready to meet Jesus. I'm ready to die. So he said, I gathered my family around and said, hey, I'm ready to meet the Lord. I'm going to die. Let's get things in order. So he started getting things in order and said, I started getting things in order at the church. He said, all of a sudden, I was in my office one day, and this, past, this other man came in from the community. He said, he's about seven years old. He said, he didn't believe the way I believed. He wasn't of my denomination. He said, but he walked, the pastor I'm talking about was a Pentecostal pastor. He said, this guy walked in. He said, I want to pray for you. He said, I wasn't really sure about his prayers, so he said, I gathered my staff around the Pentecostals because I wanted those Pentecostals prayers. He said, we started praying in the room. He said, my Pentecostal friends prayed till they were hoarse. They screamed and they yelled and they prayed against the enemy and prayed. He said, that man just sat there and looked at him. He said, he let them pray till they were hoarse and then he just stopped and he said, he stood up and he said, hey God, this man's sick. I don't like it. Our community needs, needs him and they don't want him to die. Thank you. Walked out of the room. 
pastor said it was the most crazy prayer I've ever heard in my life. He said, I thought God would never answer that prayer. He said, two or three days later, I was sitting at the same desk, and all of a sudden, I just felt well. I just felt well. I couldn't explain it. So he said, I called my sister. I said, could you get me another doctor's appointment? Something's happened to my body. Him and his family went back to the doctor, went into the doctor. The doctor came out with the x-rays. He said, I don't understand it. He said, this is the, the report from before that your liver looks like the bottom of the shoe, and this is your report today. You've got a brand new liver. And here's what he said to me. He said, Kent, he said, I was happy and blessed, but discouraged. He said, because for 40 years, I preached salvation is free. That all you got to do to be saved is look to the cross. All you got to do to have your sins forgiven is believe that Jesus did the work on the cross. He said, but I always preached if you want to get healed, you had to do something extra. You had to fast. You had to believe. You had to have more faith. He said, but then I realized the same goodness and grace that saves you is the same goodness and grace that'll heal you. He said, if you look to the cross and believe that Jesus paid the price for your sin, you'll be saved. He said, hundreds had done that in my ministry. He said, if I'd only known the truth, I could have told them, take 60 more seconds and walk behind the cross and look at his stripes. And you'll see, he didn't only pay for your sickness, but he also paid for your disease and your healing. And he was radically healed and preached healing after that. And many people received power over sickness. During this, during this epidemic, during this pandemic, there was a man that came to our church just a couple weeks ago. He, him and his wife looking for me. He said, I need to see Kent Maddox. I'm dying. I need him to pray for me. I'm about to die. And so we couldn't see him face to face. So I finally tracked him down. This was just three or four days ago. I finally tracked him down. He was in the hospital all alone. Family couldn't be with him. I got him on the phone. He sounded terrible. He's dying physically. I said, what's happening, my friend? He said, Ken, I'm lost. I need Jesus. I've not lived my life at all for the Lord, and now I'm dying, and I need Jesus. I said, I can pray for you right now. We prayed, and the glory of God filled that room where he was at, filled the place where I was at, came through the phone line. He accepted Jesus right there in the hospital his, his whole voice changed. You could just sense the peace of God come on him. And the Holy Spirit just ditched my heart and said, if I've saved him, I also can heal him. So right there on the phone, I said, look, if he saved you, surely he wants to heal you too. So I prayed for healing. Didn't think much more about it. I got a call just two or three days ago. You know what happened? He called me. He's out of the hospital. He's not only saved, but he's well. And as soon as we get started again, he's coming to church here. Why? The God we serve is a God who saves and the God who heals. Somebody, look at somebody again, six feet away. Tell them we got power over sickness and disease. Come on. Tell them we got power over sickness and disease. I'm hurrying. Here's one. Deuteronomy 8.18, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power, there to get the word again, power to get wealth. We're not dependent on the world system or the world's economy for our financial well-being. The Hebraic mindset is that we're to work hard. I believe in that. We're to be good stewards. I believe in that. But the Hebraic mindset of the scripture is the only reason we have a job or a career is that gives God a vehicle that he can bless. My salary's not enough. Your salary's not enough. Our income is not enough to, to, to take care of our families and do all that God wants us to do. God wants to put a power on you so that you can become blessed economically so you're not dependent upon the world system. I can't tell you the testimonies I'm hearing in these days how God is supernaturally supplying for his people during this time. The God we serve that saves and heals also the God who wants to provide for our, and God wants us to walk in that power. In the days of 
ahead, listen. The mark of the beast in Revelation is an economic mark. Now's the time to get out of that system. Now's the time to quit trusting the world system and believe that the same power that saves us and heals us according to the word of God is the same power that will bless us financially and cause us to economically live out of heaven. My God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I tell you testimony after testimony, but the one I thought about recently was when we needed money here at the church. It wasn't for me personally. We really desperately needed money. We'd spend a ton of money on missions and all the things we like to do and we were needing money for the church. I happened to walk in one of the offices here and we turned on the video, was watching Leroy Thompson who was preaching on economics. I thought it was a bit strange to be honest with you, but he started talking about supernatural supply and he said, you need to just do something crazy like give an offering and rejoice. And he said, the way you rejoice is you leap, spin around and that's what's rejoicing. He said, I dare you to leap, spin around and pull the lever and say, money cometh. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, that's a bit foolish, isn't it? But here's what I love about God. God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. It's time to get a bit foolish and get out of your mind. Somebody said the other day, Kent, you must be out of your mind. I said, no, I'm out of your mind because your mind's not thinking about heavenly things and about supernatural things. I'm telling you, God wants to get out of the natural realm and move us in this season to the supernatural realm. I did it by faith. I felt foolish. I did it in front of two or three people. But you know what happened? One hour later, I went home and I I get up really early and it was in the afternoon. I just nodded off for about 30 minutes to take a little power nap. My phone buzz woke me up. It was a man on the phone. He said, Ken, I was praying. I felt like I'm supposed to give the church $50,000. Do you need it? I said, do I need it? I'm on the way to get it. Come on, somebody. The same God that heals, the same God that saves is the same God that provides. Now, come on, somebody. God's going to release a fresh power to bring us out of a poverty mindset and believe that God is more than enough, has more than enough to to cause you to prosper in every area and bless you so that you can be a blessing. Shout at somebody else and tell them I got power to get wealth. Last but not least, power over all our fears. Power over all our fears. Look at this, 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. See, I think sometimes we just need to admit we're afraid. During this pandemic that's been in the earth, people come on, you know, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. I'm like, I'm afraid. Come on. It's okay to be afraid. David wrote these words, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And I don't know about you, but it's it's sometimes, we just don't have the courage. We don't have the strength or the courage to believe beyond our fears. So what happens? We need a power. We need that peace. We need that peace that passes all understanding to come and fill our lives and to cause us to believe in his power and his grace and his goodness. And I'm telling you, God wants to deliver us from the spirit of fear, not from being afraid, but the spirit of fear. That spirit that always makes us want to think the worst. That spirit that always makes us want to think the negative thing instead of believing that God is good and that God is in control and that God's going to bless you and God's going to encourage you, even the fear of death. uh, Hebrews 2 and 14 says that through death, Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death that he might deliver us that through the fear of death we're all our lifetime subject to bondage. I'm amazed at how many of us as Christians are afraid of death when Jesus has destroyed the power of death. If you ever get free from the fear of death, you're free. You're free from all bondage.
Think about it. When we get to the place where we're not, when we so believe Jesus, we, we have so received his power, the first fruits of the resurrection, the power of the Holy Spirit. The reason he's given us power of the Holy Spirit is a down payment to let you know that even though this body falls down one day, you're not going to fall down. If this body falls down, you'll be standing straight up. Why? Jesus had dis- has destroyed the power of death. And so I believe in this season, God is going to release to us this fresh power, but it's not given to the strong, it's not given to the proud, it's given to the weak, and it's given to the humble. I believe more than anything or any other time in our life, it's time to humble ourselves in the sight of God. Humbly admit we don't have what it takes. Humbly admit we are fall short in areas of our life and believe that God's about to breathe upon us a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. Second Chronicles, Second Corinthians 12, 9, here's what it says. But he replied, my kindness is all you need. Don't you love that? <laughs> my kindness is all you need. My grace is all you need. I heard the greatest quote yesterday, grace must be drunk straight. You can't mix it with water, ice, or ginger ale. Grace is just pure grace. It's because God is good, end of story. Not because you're good, not because I'm good. Just his pure kindness and goodness that he's made available to us is enough. My kindness is all you need. Why? My power is strongest when you are weak. So if Christ keeps giving me his power, I will gladly keep bragging about how weak I am. Don't you think it's about time we quit talking about how strong we are and just start talking about how weak we are without God? How dependent we are on Him, how much we need His goodness, how much we need His grace, and how much we need His power? I believe if we will humble ourselves in this season, and it's been a humbling season. It's humbling because, we, look, we've all been in this place. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what the economic uh, deal is going to be after this is over. We don't know how well the government's going to get the economy rolling again. We don't know how far reaching this virus is going to be. We don't know what kind of toll it's going to take in the future. We don't know what's coming in the future. So I believe if we will humble ourselves in this season and say, God, we humbly admit we're not in control. We can't figure this thing out, but we trust you. We, tr- we trust in you with all our heart and lean not into our understanding. Like the, like the book of Acts. Think about this. This is Pentecost. I'm back to Pentecost now. The disciples were in the upper room. They weren't there having a prayer meeting. Whether you believe this or not, they were hiding. Jesus had been crucified and they'd been following him. And they felt like they were going to be next. And they knew they had no power to stand against the powers that had crucified Jesus. And so they're hidden in an upper room, not knowing what to do, not knowing what the future held. It's right where we are, not knowing what God was going to do next. And all of a sudden, it said a sound from heaven filled the house where they were sitting. A wind blew. They were all baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they came out with such power. It says 3,000 people got saved and baptized that day. And within two years, they had turned the region upside down. I really believe that's exactly where we are. If we will humble ourselves in this season, ask God to give us a fresh Pentecostal power being released in Pentecost that the Holy Spirit's going to show up in a new and fresh way in our life in the name of Jesus. Would you just lift your hands right there where you are? I just want to pray today. Lord Jesus, we bless you today. Lord, Lord Jesus, we honor you today. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you that somehow in the midst of this, you're speaking to us. Lord, I know I saw you with your hand on that lever and you're about to turn the power on. But Lord, I thank you that you're not turning the power on for the strong, you're turning the power on for the weak. So we humbly tell you, Lord, we're weak. We're needy. We're fearful at times. We need the power of Holy Spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. You got to be like a little child, it says, to enter the kingdom. Naive enough to believe it has nothing to do with us, just the blessing of the Lord. So I pray for every person today who might be sitting there saying, I just always felt like I was too weak to qualify for God to give me his power. Actually, what you thought was disqualifying you has actually qualified you. If you'll call upon him right there where he is, he'll fill you. I believe between now and Pentecost, the next two weeks, if we will humble ourselves, get honest with ourselves, get honest with God, get humble enough to ask him to help us and help us with his, with his power that he's going to baptize us afresh with his Holy Ghost fire and power in this season and we're going to come out of this season in a fresh glory and a fresh power and we're going to see transformation come to our lives our families this church the state of Alabama and the United States of America this is our time this is our season to be filled with the spirit once again and to see the blessing of the Lord fall upon us like it's not fallen upon us in a long, long time. We're not wanting to go back to normal. We're wanting to go forward into the future where God has already predestined us to walk in His glory and His goodness and His grace. So today I simply say receive the word of the Lord. Receive the impartation of Holy Spirit. Receive the strength of God to overcome sin. Receive the strength of God and the power of God to overcome Satan. Receive the power of God to overcome sickness and disease. Receive the power of God to begin to prosper and live in wealth. Receive the power of God to begin to overcome all your fears. I cried to God. He heard me, Psalmist said, and delivered me from all my fears. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Receive it and be blessed in it in the name of Jesus for the glory of God. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.